Welcome to the newly cleansed and refreshed In The Game podcast, where we invite you to transform your dreams into reality. Every week, we aim to touch, move, and inspire you to new possibilities for your life. My name is Sarah Maxwell, and is it really time for me to now intro my own show? Heck no! Bring in the Aussie talent to get it done. With their groundbreaking first season as The Nat and Sarah Show, the foundation has been laid for a life of manifesting your dreams. Join us as we delve into the nuts and bolts of what it really takes to bring those dream boards into reality. It's time to dust off your dreams and get back in the game of life. Are you a member of the community? Head to Facebook and search In The Game Podcast to download your three-step journal to begin the workshop-style teachings and gain exclusive access to your hosts and featured guests. Get ready to take action on your possibility. Hey gamers, what a year it's been. We all have a story to tell, I'm sure. COVID impacted each of us uniquely, but as a collective, it really showcased the future really is unknown. Reflect back to this exact day last year. We could not have had any idea what the planet was about to face. Which begs the question, what about the next six months? How do we prepare for them if the future truly is unknown? How do we prepare our kids for their upcoming year at school? How do we lead our business teams into the new year? How do we create projections for the first quarter if you're in business? How do you plan your trips in the coming years, in the coming months, when you really, truly don't know what the future holds. In this space of uncertainty, I'm hosting a free wind down on 2020. This session is deliberately reflecting on the months that were in order to release and let them go. Not in a get it over sweetheart kind of way, but rather an honest look that deals with whatever comes up about it kind of a way. You know what I'm saying? Because sometimes, and I've been guilty of this in the past, the word let them go really means let me just push them down. So being complete allows you to create forward powerfully. Rather than scripting your next months, six months, 12 months, from a place of what needs fixing and changing, which is commonly how we set resolutions, and it just naturally happens when the distortion of this ground, this groundswell of hidden emotion is just bubbling below the surface. But this deliberative process provides a blank canvas, and that's really what's required for innovative ideas and even projections to flow from. So I'd love you to join me in this wine down on 2020s, and that's W-I-N-E for everybody. So that means you're allowed to sip on some wine, a cup of tea, whatever it is, Thursday, December 3rd, 8 p.m. Queensland time in Australia. I look forward to you all joining me there. I will, in the show notes, there will be a registration link, and I look forward to you all joining me virtually, but in person. See you there. Today, we continue the conversation with a doctor of traditional Chinese medicine who specializes in womb medicine. Dr. Tashini has been helping women liberate themselves from the suffering and trauma held in the womb for over 17 years. As the recent founder of Fertile Seeds of Life, 
She is on the crux of finalizing her very first book, Awaken and Heal Your Womb. Streaming a 12-part series on the gift of energetic fertility through Awake TV in the US, she is reaching couples worldwide so they know that they're more than an age on a piece of paper and a lab result gained from a test tube. Awakening the cells and the DNA of our body, Tashini works with various modalities to reinvigorate life force in our bodies so we can birth not only children, but create ideas wanting to come out of us. Living through a traumatic upbringing in Sri Lanka, her own healing has allowed her to be a nurturing force in the medical industry here in Australia and around the world. So welcome to the show, Tash. Thanks for being with us. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's such a beautiful intro. Thank Yay. You. Well, that's your life, just so you know. And for those who are listening, you should get on YouTube because you have the most beautiful dress on. I should have said that before <laughs> we record. <laughs> you, you have like such glamour and style and just you wait, guys. I'm going to be asking probably one or two questions and then something happens and this woman comes along. So she, you just like come alive. So if you could really begin by sharing some of your upbringing and, and how those experiences actually helped shape the woman and the womb that you are today so that you can be a source of healing for other people. So if you could take us there a little bit, that would be really helpful. So I think for me, yeah. Hi everyone. So yeah, that's a great question. I think for me, it really, with my childhood, I was born into a Sri Lankan family and a lot of the women didn't really have any rights and we didn't, weren't able to speak up. And so growing up for me, I was really restricted in being able to be authentic. And coming from a family where there was quite a lot of violence, a lot of abuse, and, you know, really watching my mum be abused through my teenage years really impacted me in such a big way in being able to connect to my body to my emotions and you know really how I felt and then you know at the tender age of seven years old I went through a really personal you know struggle with my father who sexually abused me at that age and then he passed away so he got cancer and died not long after and for me at that age, I didn't know how to express that. I just became, very, I became, you know, just very angry. I was in rage all the time, but I didn't tell anyone for at least another 20 years. So going from that sort of trauma and then, you know, migrating to Australia and brought up a whole world of problems for me because I wasn't able to connect with men, wasn't able to connect in relationships. And that showed me that there was a lot of issues within my womb because it started coming out in a lot of period issues. I was getting heavy bleeding, a lot of gynecological um, you know, issues. And I was very hormonal, but didn't really think of it as anything wrong. And so when I started to journey inside the womb, it really came when I started to do my degree, my traditional Chinese medicine. 
that's when it kind of went into a process of discovering who I was. And in that process, I learned so much about myself, but also that I didn't want to work with women. I didn't want to work with the womb. I didn't want to do fertility. That was just like, no, because it was hard work. And for some reason, the universe kept pushing me in that direction. No, you're going to work with women. And I kept getting all of these complicated cases. And what I realized was, as I started to really heal my womb, I was attracting the same type of women that were coming towards me who were getting the same issues. So as women, when it comes to the womb, we have, you know, it, it begins with our first period. You know, that's our first connection to our womb. And, you know, Sarah, you, you, when I connected with you, you had a look at that beautiful post that I had put up around menstruation because so many of us don't even know about it. Um, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, and for a lot of the young girls and, you know, I'm, you know, even if for you, for anyone watching, just think back to your first period. Was it, was anything, um, was it told to you from your mother about what happens to the woman's body or was it just kind of told to you at school as this very scientific process that happens with menstruation and for most of us it is but we know that our period is an emotional experience we get told that we're going to have a period for the next 30 years and we go into shock when we're a teenager and it's scary and we feel shame and we feel like we're going to bleed through our dress and we don't talk about it. And for a lot of us and the women that I've dealt with, they've said to me that they would just be given tampons or pads by their mother and said, congratulations, you're a woman now and not really understanding anything more. So a lot of us would go towards our friends for education, you know, what's, what's really going on, what's normal mm. or social media or Google but that's not really the way that we wanted to kind of discover what was going on with our bodies. No one was actually telling us how to read the language of our body. And our period was a reflection of our health. It was a report card and it could tell us so much information as to what was going on inside our bodies. You know, by being able to look at the colour of the blood was there any clots? Was there any pain? How were we feeling emotionally? Did you feel tired? Were you craving certain foods? Were you feeling disconnected to everybody? You know, these were massive messages that your body was trying to give you. But for so many women, we tend to push through it. We tend to keep working 100 miles an hour, looking after the children, not getting enough downtime when we were menstruating. And that was the basis of then creating all these other problems as women started to move towards fertility and then towards menopause. And so that was the key. The key to all of this was reconnecting to your menstrual cycle first. And for me, what I discovered within my own body was that when I would bleed, I would become very quiet I would become so emotional during that time that I would get all these images would pop up for me. I would literally see things where I would see some of the trauma that had happened to me being abused as a child. And I didn't know how to handle that. I thought I was going crazy at one point, but I wasn't. It was just that my womb was showing me that the trauma was sitting there the whole time.
And it was just that when I would bleed, it was an opportunity for me to shed my pain, shed my suffering, shed my blood. And as women, and if we could share this in this way, we would literally be able to rebirth ourselves every menstrual cycle. We were regenerating ourselves. And when we go through that process, a lot of women don't realize that we are connected to the lunar cycles of the moon. Just like the lunar cycle goes through 28.9 days, five days, so does a woman's period, it goes through 28 days. And so a lot of our ancestors who came before us over 5,000 years ago knew this inherent wisdom. They didn't need to look at an app to know where they were in their cycle. No, they could just tune into their bodies and know where the moon's placement was and they would be reflected in their cycle. So for a lot of us on the new moon, when the moon is at the dark phase, that's usually when a woman would bleed. And on a full moon, that was when a woman would ovulate, which is the best time to fall pregnant. And if you look at your cycle now, pay attention to where you are in the moon cycle. Because if your period or you're ovulating around that new moon and, and full moon, you know that you're going with the cycles of nature. But if it's completely off, then there's something deeper that's happening within your own hormones because the moon has a gravitational pull on the waters of our body because our body is 72% water and so is the eggs. The eggs are floating in this fluid and blood within your womb. So there's this pulling magnetic field that's happening on an energetic level. So that's why our emotions will be pulled up to the surface to be shown to us. It's not a time to say, oh, I've got PMS. I've got my period. That's why I'm grumpy. And just blame it on that because it's what we tend to do. No, you're doing a disservice to yourself when you do that. This is an opportunity for you to go, mm, I'm feeling really angry. Where's this anger coming from? Is it that someone is pushing my boundaries? Am I doing too much? Am I not being able to say no to things? You know, this is a time when we can really reflect. And so that's why I encourage a lot of women when they first start connecting to their menstrual cycle to get a journal. You know, if you look at your young girls, if you've got kids already, they naturally have a diary. You know, even when you were a little girl, we would write out our feelings and how we felt in the diary. Because intuitively, as women, we knew how therapeutic this was. This wasn't told to us. It was a natural thing that we would do. Because when we write pen to paper, it connects the mind to our heart. And new streams of information can come through. And so it can expand our consciousness. Whereas when we're thinking over and over again, we're going into these repetitive thoughts. And, you know, we know that most of our thoughts, 90% of our thoughts are the same thoughts as yesterday. So a lot of us can't really go. We don't discover what's really going on with our body by just staying in the mind because the mind will go into suffering. But what's within your womb is a whole different consciousness. It's got its own primal voice, your womb. And... So Tash, All I just we need I, to do is drop down, oh, sorry, descend I, I, down I, I, into it. 
sorry to interrupt you, but I was so curious when you talked about young girls keeping a diary, how would mm -hmm. you, knowing what you know today, speak to that young mm -hmm. girl that you were and how would you speak to a young woman who's, whose menstruation has arrived and, and they're arriving earlier and earlier? So how would you speak to someone let actually, let me back that up. How would you speak to a young person even before their menstruation? So my five-year-old, for example, who has noticed something going on with me, how would you speak to a five-year-old? Let's start there. Yeah. So, and this is great. I think the earlier, the better. If they're feeling curious, yeah, let's talk about it. Obviously, we don't want to scare them and say you're going to be bleeding for the rest of your life, but it's more that you want to make the blood magical for them. You know, I love to say to young girls, you know, sometimes even eight-year-old girls, I'll say to them that, did you know that when mummy bleeds, this is a magical blood because it has special powers within it that when we pour the blood to the it grows better because that's what happens our menstrual blood is so powerful that back in the ancient days they would literally know what nutrients the tribe was lacking because the crops may have not been growing well and so the women would pour their blood onto their crops and it would allow the crops to grow better with the nutrients that the tribe needed like that's how powerful our blood is so when we can educate our young girls with awe about the blood and mystery and magic they get excited because otherwise their first connection to the blood is scary shock you know we usually as a woman we're usually complaining about our period and our kids are hearing this they're hearing oh mommy's in pain again she's got her period and they'll hear this even energetically they'll absorb that even if you're not saying it out loud they'll feel it because your children are so connected to you. So it's important that when they start looking at the pad, explain to them, you know, this is, this is a pad. This is what mommy uses every month. And then get more into the blood and the magical component of it. And another thing that you can do is explain to them about the moon. That when you bleed, did you know that it's connected to the moon? Because young girls love the moon because it's so magical and so special and allowing them to understand that at a specific time of the moon placement, something different happens to a woman's body. When we bleed, we bleed when the moon is really dark. So that, that means that when you get your period, you may feel a little bit tired, just like winter, because the, we usually break it down into four seasons, a woman's cycle. So you explain to them, how do you feel in winter? You feel tired, don't you? You want to hibernate. You want to go under the dunas. And that's a similar thing that happens when we get our bleed. And this is the time that you want to journal. So sometimes, you know, you might feel a little bit angry or a little bit sad or you feel like you want to cry. This is normal. This is good. Because when you do that, you're expressing how you feel. And that is so important for your period because when you express, you can then ex explore why you were feeling like this. What's the real message? Or where were you feeling the, the pain in your body? Were you feeling it in your heart? Were you feeling it in your tummy? And when you say this to them, they start connecting 
respecting the emotion to their bodies. Because I think as women, we don't, we're not connected to our bodies anymore. We don't even know when we're in pain until we're in serious pain. So when they understand that there's a process that happens with your period and that when you explore and you discover these emotions and you allow it, just like the great ocean, you can explain to them their emotion is like the great ocean where it's like a tide. And sometimes when it's a big tide, our emotions will come up to the surface, but then the wave will calm down again and you'll feel better again. And once you do that, you get you go to a different part of your cycle, which mummy calls ovulation, which means that it's like summer. It's like spring and summer when you start to feel good. And that's when it's more of the full moon. So when it's a full moon, it doesn't look so pretty. You feel so good. You want to be outside. You have more energy. This is where you want to give mummy a hug all the time and tell her that you love her and play with your friends and create things. You know, so if you can explain to them in that beautiful way, like a flower even, say when a flower blooms, they're going to get excited, you know, and it's such a, it's such a gentle way to open them up into this. And the education really begins before their period. It really does. And Tash, I just want to say thank you for how you just explained that, because with a five-year-old who is curious, that is absolutely how I could communicate with her in a way. And I see what I did say, which was quite light on. I don't think I said anything scary because I was quite aware that blood to her means get a Band-Aid. Like she kind of already has a fear yeah. about cuts and Band-Aids and all that. So I, I could see that that relationship could be linked. And so this is beautiful. So I'm looking forward to sharing some of that magic with her. And could you also give us some of the typical mm. um, symptoms that our periods are, how did you say it? It's like a diagnostic or it's like a report card, you said, of what's going on yeah. in our body. So what's our, what are some of the things that we might be experiencing that are reporting to us something that we might want to listen into for our bodies? Yeah, sure. Great question. So when we look at our period, there's so many different um, like You're going to get so much information from just the blood in general. So what you kind of want to look at first is how long is your cycle? And for women, this is important to understand that your cycle begins from the very first day of your bleed. Because a lot of women will from after they bleed and that's not that's not correct so from the very first day of your bleed until the next cycle where it's the first day that's going to be the end what you want to look out for is is there any pain with your menstruation are you getting pain before your period or during your period or throughout the whole whole process of your cycle what type of pain is it? Is it just in the abdomen? Is it sharp? Is it dull? Is it heavy? Are you getting lower back pain, pelvic pain? Now, now for women, that pain is normal. Pain is not normal. Pain is a problem. It's usually because there's stagnation and the liver is part of the um, part of one of the organ systems that plays havoc on a woman's menstrual cycle cycle especially before coming up to the period where you can get quite stagnated and so there's not this free flow of blood moving through the body which will then allow us to get period pain or sore breasts or headaches you know things like that where 
heat can really start to rise. Because just before your period, we say in Chinese medicine that we become very yang, okay? So there's heat. And then once the blood calms, we go into a yin phase, a deep internal nourishing phase. So that it shifts. So pay attention to how you're feeling before entering a period. And then look at the blood. What color is the blood? Is the blood dark red? Is it light red? Is it bright red? Is there clots with it? Are they five cent coins? Are they 20 cents? Are they 50 cent coins? Is it stringy? This can tell us again, there's a bit of a stagnation, but also it could be blood stasis. And what, how long are you bleeding for? Are you bleeding for two days, three days, five days, seven days? And is your period stopping and starting? Are you getting brown spotting? You know, even brown spotting will tell us there's going to be something going on with the progesterone levels as well. Are you getting, um, you know, is there, like once you kind of diagnose that, you'll be able to also pick up on the fact that sometimes every cycle can change depending on how you looked after yourself. So let's say you were very stressed out that month. You were doing too much. You weren't sleeping. You didn't rest during your menstrual cycle where you just slowed down by even 10% to nourish yourself. You know, if you didn't do that, that's going to result in more painful periods, more stagnation. Hmm. But what's happening at the moment for women is they're being diagnosed with things like endometriosis, PCOS, you know, really bad PMS. And women are not understanding that when they go on, they get told to go to the doctors, most of the doctors are just putting them on the pill. There you go. That's the fix. But the pill does so much damage to a woman's body. It's actually not treating or regulating anything. It's not, and I hate the fact that they use that word, regulate. It doesn't regulate anything. It's a Band-Aid. It's like putting a Band-Aid on it and telling you, yes, it's fixed because we're just going to inject all these synthetic hormones into your body and then shut down your ovaries from making these beautiful hormones that happen during your cycle and during ovulation. And, and, and your Tash, lining is, thins out. And Tash, yeah. is that part of potentially what we're seeing with fertility issues? Can you speak mm-hmm. a little bit to um, this massive rise in people seeking IVF to have children? Yeah. And Matt and I use yeah. IVF as well. Yeah. So I'd love to hear about that. That is. Yeah, so that's definitely one of the things that's the big issue. When women come and see me for fertility issues is, first of all, I've got to get them off the pill because they've been on the pill. Like even if you think about yourself, I mean, I know for myself, I was on the pill for 15 years, never had a break, you know, and I think about why I even went on it. I originally went on it because I had acne. You know, it wasn't even for contraception because that's what the doctor would prescribe you. And then some women have gone on Rocutane, which is so bad. So a lot of us haven't had a break from the pill. And so what happens when we come off the pill is that we need to re-regulate your cycle. We need to figure out what's going on with your hormones. Are you even ovulating? And then women are getting things like endometriosis or PCOS, which does not get diagnosed because they've been put on the pill at such a young age. So then we find out they've got cysts on their ovaries. And there's all these other problems that are coming up. So really for all of you, all of the women, it's so important if you're thinking of fertility, get off the pill six months minimum before you try and fall pregnant to even 12 months, I would say. Hey, Tash, what about the, the contraception 
I don't I don't know it that well. The one you have like in you all the time. What's that called again? The yeah. IUD. Same thing. Yeah, there's a there's a copper IUD. There's a marina. All of them, to be honest. The copper IUD is going to be better. Yes because it's more natural but it's still going to affect your body you know it's still it's still not you don't want to be putting anything that's going to be affecting your hormones because you're actually not going with the balance of your what your cycle is and what your body's trying to tell you and you're actually numbing yourself you're numbing all of the responses that are happening within your body that's why women are so detached from what's going on and with the pill, it's really important for you to understand that it depletes all of your vitamin stores. It depletes so many vitamins that are needed for fertility. And it can take up to six months to replenish just the loss of vitamins. So it's pretty bad. And women will say to me sometimes, hey, you know, I felt pregnant straight off the pill. And I'm like, that's great, but you're so depleted from just being on the pill. That's going to affect the baby's development. That's going to affect your recovery and your pregnancy and your breast milk. It's going to impact you in a really deep, big way. I think the biggest experiment that science has done has been on the pill. You know, it's it's really just horrific when you really go into the depths of the pill and how it's, you know, created so many issues with not just gynecological issues but it affects inflammation in the gut it affects your emotions you will have anxiety depression women have young girls have come to me suicidal from being on the pill you know so it it really disrupts you and you also end up attracting the wrong partner if you're on the pill because of all of these beautiful hormones that are being released through you it's actually not you're not being authentic self so and it's it's hard because obviously for a lot of us, we want contraception. So if you're wanting it for contraception, you know, that's tough because, you know, I'm not going to, it's not for me to say that it's, it's, I'm forcing you to do that. You know, I'm saying it's for any, like, it's your choice at the end of the day. I just want you to be very much educated. And the thing is, when you understand your cycle, you will know when you're ovulating, you not you can't fall pregnant through your whole four weeks. Whereas as young girls, we get told you're going to fall pregnant in any moment, go on the pill, you know, and we get this fear that's been implanted into us, which is rubbish. You can only fall pregnant once in your cycle. And when you start tracking your cycle, and I teach women how to do this through BBT charting, where we check your temperature, we allow you to connect to how you'll start to notice like your cervix after your period finishes will be quite low. So when you pop your fingers inside, it'll, it'll be not, it won't feel nice. And it'll feel like the tip of your nose. It'll feel quite hard. But when you're about to ovulate, the cervix starts to rise up and it becomes really soft like your lips. And, and then you start to see this beautiful cervical mucus, which is like this white discharge through the womb. And it changes. It's this beautiful consistency of maybe it might go thick white to clear and stretchy like egg white. Now that's healthy because a lot of women think of cervical mucus as yuck. Is that normal? Is it thrush? They don't even understand that we need this cervical mucus in order to fall pregnant because it alkalines the womb so that it protects the sperm. And it has like these secret passages through the cervical mucus to protect the sperm, to take it to the fallopian tubes. It's absolutely incredible 
or what a woman's body is, all of these beautiful fluids that are coming out of us, but we just think of it as dirty. So we've got to really get that educated. And when you know that you're getting that sticky cervical mucus, then you know that that's very pretty much the last day before you're about to ovulate. So you know, okay, let's be really cautious during this time. Or if you're tracking your temperature every day in the morning, which is what I get women to do, you'll find that just before you ovulate, the temperature will drop. You'll kind of get all this sticky cervical mucus and then it'll peak. So you know that that's when you're ovulating. But then we know, is your temperature getting high enough? Is it too low? Because that will tell us so much from a Chinese medicine perspective as to what's really going on with your hormones and what organ systems are being um, having issues. You know, there might be a warming mechanism of the kidneys that's really low. So there's so much that we can do from a Chinese medicine perspective, but also connecting to your body emotionally. You know, that's the key. How are you feeling during that time? I always say to women, pay attention to your undies. You know, when you're going in, in the morning to the afternoon, your cervical mucus may change and connect to it because it's a high vibration of light. So if you even just put your intention into the cervical mucus to strengthen your ovulation, to protect the sperm, to alkaline it, like little things like that will impact the way your fluids are coming out of your body. Wow. And this is this is just that this that is place like, where, you know, you can do so much. You can. And this is the education we never got in school, um, clearly. And even just understanding it is interesting and exciting instead of gross and inconvenient. And if you could, just because the mm -hmm. world has really become more interested in fertility and having babies. Can you speak a little bit about some of the stats about where the world is at fertility wise, even sperm count, things like that, so that couples who want to have babies can understand how they can be empowered in birthing, literally birthing? Yeah. So really important to understand that it takes two to make a baby. Okay. Um, we tend to put all of the focus on the woman but men are 50%, you know, 50% of the time it's them, you know. What I've found in clinic is that when we look at stats now with fertility, and especially IVF, sperm quality has decreased by 50% over the last 18 years around the world. So it's becoming a, a pretty full-on problem at the moment. And what's happening is that for a lot of women as well going through fertility our egg quality is getting a lot worse or we're wanting to have babies a lot later in life because we might find love a lot later or we want to work on our career first so it is a lot harder on, on our bodies now because our parents had babies in their 20s and so it's really important to understand that when we're looking at fertility there's a lot of things that we can do naturally to help support our sperm and our eggs and this is something that probably isn't spoken a lot about when we go through IVF, because we tend to go to the doctors and we get told time is running out quick, go IVF. And a lot of the time, you're not even getting a proper blood test to figure out, do I even really need IVF? Maybe I don't. And I see women in their forties, sometimes healthier than some of the 30 year olds I see. So age, yes, has something to do with it. 100%. I'm not saying that but there is so much that we can do. 
And what I found was that when we can start to eradicate toxicity from our system is going to be super important because we're having a lot of chemicals. You know, our foods are sprayed with pesticides, gluten, wheat crops, and we really want to cut that out. We want to cut out all of that sort of processed foods. Dairy is another culprit which creates inflammation. Making sure that we're eating organic when we can. Making sure that we cut out alcohol, smoking. That all impacts the DNA of the sperm and the eggs. You know, what type of children do you want to have? It's not just falling pregnant, but do we want a healthy baby? You know, that's that's the DNA that we're passing. You know, making sure that we're changing our products, that we're using natural products, not, you know, full of chemicals, or even um, making sure that even when we're cleaning the house using natural products, making sure that, you know, we're eating a high amount of veggies. I always say to patients, eat six to seven servings of veggies per, per meal, I mean, sorry, per day. You know, make sure that you're having all your good fats that support our hormones because a lot of us will cut fat out thinking it's bad, but our hormones are made up of fat. So we want to have those beautiful eggs, olive oil, our nuts and seeds, our avocado. You know, even an avocado, it takes nine months to ripen, just like a woman when we go through fertility. And if you open an avocado, you can see it's the seed, it's the egg, kind of like a uterus. So avocado is one of the best things that you can really have for fertility as well, but also managing our stress. It was like a little, a little thing I'd add there, but even managing our stress because we're so wired, we're so tired and, uh, you know, we're running around so much that we're not actually understanding that stress is a cause of a thousand diseases in the body. So what can we do to unwind? What can we do to become more centered? And one thing I, I always say to my patients is before you try IVF have a go at natural fertility because what can sometimes happen when we go through IVF it becomes a very regimented regiment structure of this scientific process where the love is lost we tend to forget that a baby is the highest vibration of love that happens in this beautiful relationship when we come together but when we go through IVF, it can come become very structured. Okay, I'm ovulating now. Let's have sex. Or, you know, it's there's no passion. The passion is lost. So I always say to couples to start creating a stronger intimacy together. You know, when was the last time you really connected in a deep way by looking deeply into each other's eyes? Even for 10 minutes. When you can really look at your partner through their soul and see beyond just this stress. And when we do that and we breathe together, we become one with each other and create an intention. Before you make love, create an intention that you want to connect more deeply or that you want to create this baby together from love. Mm -hmm. And during that time when we're strengthening that orgasmic energy, when we're getting really horny, you know, this is the time where it becomes this life force energy. It's potent and powerful and it can manifest anything into creation. So during that time, focus on your intention when you're building that energy to make a baby or to create anything into your life. You know, this is what we call the Kundalini rising in yoga. That's that life force that we're really wanting. And it's not spoken about. I think sometimes sex is a little bit taboo when we talk about fertility. We don't really want to connect and understand it in depth 
but we need to because for a lot of couples when they go through the fertility journey there's a real disconnect i find and sometimes with women they've gone through trauma where they may have gone through sexual abuse like i did or or they may have had violent relationships with men where they were traumatized. And all of those inherited things that you've experienced are sitting within the tissues of your womb, within the cells, within your DNA. And a lot of things will come up to the surface when you go through the fertility journey. I mean, I've seen absolutely everything. Or you may have had miscarriages, stillbirths. You know, you may even have, you know, if you believe in past lives or different timelines, I've seen women's past lives where when I've done the, these amazing energetic healings where women have cried, screaming, saying, I've lost a baby, I've lost a baby, but it hasn't been from this life. What is going on, Tash? And I'm like, I know this is coming from a past life timeline where that trauma is still being held within the tissues and it's time for you to shed it's time for you to let go of that pain and surrender and as soon as you do that it's the whole womb and the tissues open up where more blood and more regenerative power starts to pour through so it's important that to understand that sometimes the reason why you're not falling pregnant is because that in a past life you may have had a stillbirth you may May have had rape and abuse you may have had a husband that went to war and had six children and he never came back and so on the soul level you said to yourself i never want to have children again mm -hmm. and your cells remember that the dna remembers that only when you start going through the fertility journey does that trauma start to come up again and sometimes it's hard we don't want to connect to it because it's too traumatic but it's a journey because when I've connected to the souls of the babies, the babies will say, mum's not ready yet. Dad's not ready yet. There's more work to do because I'm here to support fertility at the highest vibration of love. We're not just bringing these babies into it, but we're eradicating all of this trauma that you've held onto that's stopping you from being your true authentic self, which is going to be triggered by this child. And we don't want to bring all these imprints that we've carried from all that ancestors to that baby. Because when you're in the womb of your mother, for those nine months, you are being imprinted with genetic codes of her feelings, her emotions, how she's experiencing her fertility journey. You will hear everything as that little baby in that amniotic fluid. And you will absorb it as your own. And that's why when we go, back into the womb usually the pain that we suffer usually when we were in the womb of our mother up until the age of seven and when we journey inside the womb because i teach couples that yes you've got the physical structure of the womb but underneath that is a whole other creation there is a creatix web where it is connected to source to the cosmos and here it's like all everything that was inherited to you by the collective the collective fears of all of the women and humanity all of the um stored uh you know ancestry memory that's all stored here and that's what you're passing through before you come into the womb and this is why when women start to heal their womb you don't just heal your womb you heal the collective. You heal all of your ancestors who suffered trauma, who were raped, who were abused, where their voice was taken away, who were slaves, where they had no rights. 
This is why there's a huge movement where we want to express so much and stand in their power. And the reason for that is because when we look at the vocal cords of a woman and we look at the vulva and all of that, so the pelvic floor of a woman, guess what? They look the same because your voice is directly connected to your womb. And when you compress your voice and you're not speaking your truth, you are tightening your womb energy. You are tightening your life force energy and what you're trying to create. That's why women feel unstable with their emotions. They don't feel supported or safe or secure because the womb holds the heart. It allows us to feel safe, allows us to move through our life where we can express from our heart our deepest truth without fear and be able to see the fear as messages to journey deeper instead of stopping there at your fear. You know, for me, the reason why I do this womb work is that not only was there so much rape and violence throughout my life and I thought, why has this happened to me? But what it did for me was that I liberated myself so much so that I was able to connect to all of my ancestors and see them. I saw my father's soul stand before me and I forgave him from the deepest core of my womb. As I said to him, I understand. I understand the pain and suffering that you have gone through. And all of this unconditional love and compassion started to flow from my womb to my heart. And now I have unconditional love for my father like he has never raped me because this was the message. For me, it was to be able to go deep into the womb where we hold no judgment anymore, where we can see beyond that. And that was the power of the feminine energy that lived within inside every single woman's womb. But we just lost that because we're trying to go in this rat race of working in an environment and through our work life in a man's world. But we were never created that way. You know, we were meant to ebb and flow. We were to be become the yin and yang of life, which is nature, which is the feminine and masculine, which means action orientated than being, receiving, slowing down, regenerating, figuring out what do we want to pull into our vortex of energy through our womb and create. And when the time is right, we act. There was this ebb and flow between the two energies, whereas now women are just doing, 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 thinking that that's the only way. But that wasn't the truth. And your ancestors knew this wisdom. And when you drop down into your womb, you re-remember. I'm not here to teach you. You know this wisdom. It's carried within every single cell of your body. And that's what women were saying to me. They're like, wow, you're empowering me. And I would say to them, you don't need me. I am merrily a guide, a gateway for you to open up the key of the dimension that lives within you. But you know your body better than anyone else, no matter what doctor, no matter what practitioner, you know it. So tune in, put your hand on your womb, say to your womb, I'm here, I'm listening, I'm sorry that I was disconnected to you, but I'm paying attention now. What is it that you want to tell me? What is it that you want to tell me regarding this area of my life with my work, with my children, with my partner? How can I tune in better with what my partner needs on an unconscious level? This is the intelligence that was residing within you. It was bypassing the mind. The mind couldn't understand this. But when we connect in this way, we understand the veil becomes thin between the conscious and the subconscious mind, which is what would happen when we had a period. Mm. 
you know and so it's super important to reconnect in this way because when a woman heals her womb she heals the man because every man has been birthed from the womb he entered the mother's womb and he was again imprinted with the trauma that his mother carried and they still hold this trauma towards women as well and what happens is that when a baby is born it's also born through the blood there is still menstrual blood on the baby just like so it's important for the men to also journey because they remember the scent of the menstrual blood and in those tribal days over 5,000 years ago, when a woman would bleed, the whole tribe would bleed together because you would reconnect. All the women would bleed together. And I'm sure that's happened to you with your friends where someone bleeds and you bleed together. What's going on? And that was the intelligence of the womb because you were connected to the moon. So the tribe would hibernate, but the men would hibernate with the women and the men would journey through this menstrual blood because no woman would wear pad, no woman wore tampons that would allow the blood to pour down their legs into the earth. And that scent would move through the tribe. And that would invoke the unconscious mind where the men would journey into their bodies to look at where their fears were really lying. So it was an access portal gateway. That was what the blood was, that no child could be born without this blood. And that one menstrual blood was able to literally create heart cells, brain cells within days. This was the wisdom of our blood and how alive it was. And this is what needs to be re-remembered by the men, where the men don't look at blood as dirty as yucky whereas this patriarchal society has said women don't do this can't go into churches temples whatever when they get their period when we watch tvs for ads and people are using blue liquid for pads because red liquid is so offensive yet we open and dissect body parts on tv and you see that you know we've been taught to be ashamed you know when we used to ask for pads to our friends we'd quietly sneak sneak it in and go to the toilet because we were so ashamed. And this is what's been programmed into humanity. So our men don't know any better. But as we educate, and you know, I have friends, I have men, beautiful men who I've educated around the menstrual cycle. And I have a friend of mine who was giving their, his um, partner a bunch of flowers every time that she would menstruate, you know? And I thought, wow, how beautiful is that? that he would honour her in that way once he understood how powerful the menstrual blood was, you know. And so this is some of the things that we can do for the men. But education is the big key here. And Tash, that's how I feel about this conversation. Like I feel that there were moments even in the conversation where I felt like, should we be talking about this? Are we talking about this on a podcast? Mm. We're not talking about this. So I could feel yeah. some of my history and my, um, you know, you said about hiding it or like doing it in secret or shame or all those kind of things. Um, as an athlete, I think there's parts to that as well. Like your period gets in the way of your performance. You know, mm. however, there's studies that you actually perform better when you're menstruating. So that's something else. But ultimately, um, I want to just say that this conversation has opened me up. And I'm hoping mm -hmm. that for all of us to hear the ease and the fluidity at which you speak on this topic, that we all can access the same things in our lives. And so 
Yeah. Is this conversation for my side is not even close to finished because I have about a, a thousand questions. But <laughs> you so beautifully accessed and people you need to watch to Shini when she was expressing. So, you know, we don't always put them on YouTube, but I want to this one because you are just describing and moving your body through the whole description. So everyone needs to kind of see some of the stuff that she was doing. And I know you didn't mean to, but it was just, you couldn't not do it. So I just want to thank you for this. I'm going to call it this initial conversation that is just the beginning of what we need to have. So thank you so much. Thank you so much. This is such a beautiful conversation. Thank you so much, Sarah. I loved it. Thank you. We so appreciate you listening to the show. Don't forget to join the community on Facebook by searching In The Game Podcast. There you can download your three-step journal and participate in our weekly live video chats. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You've got to rate and review the show. And I know all the podcasts are always asking this. And in the past, I wasn't doing it. And the reason I wasn't doing it is because I actually didn't know how to do it. So... Open your podcast player and click on our show from your library, not the listen now. That's where I was going wrong in the past. So now that you know how to do it, when you go there, make sure you give us a five-star review. Five stars, five stars, five stars. And then click on write a review link to actually write a review so that you can tell other people that we're legit and even funny, maybe a bit serious. So if you want to recommend this to someone, you have to... Put your fingers on the keys and send us a review.